Ciao, Maya Capagne Filinene, and welcome to another edition of the Amund View podcast, the only Livingston FC based podcast that opens its doors to the language of love, Italiano, baby. Joining myself, Liam Innes, this week, it's another quiet one. It's Jake Pointer and Owen Innes. Bonjour. Oh. Coming up, we'll review the Lions' latest match away to St Martin and in the back of an absolute worldie from Captain Fantastic in the game, we will also discuss our favourite Livingston goal from outside the box and have a round of Got Your Number discussing if any former Livingston number twos could take Nicky Devlin's number from him right now. Chiesto è un ottimo contenuto. This is great content. Well, for those that support Livingston. Or are absolutely obsessed with Scottish football teams. Can you hear that? It's the call of a long car journey. It's the call of you needing to listen to this. This episode. This very one. Don't stop listening now. Please, keep us on and enjoy the next however long of sheer Livingston FC-based content with us here at the Amity View Podcast. Saturday the 20th of November 2021, so Livingston take on St Mern, the Paisley-Eaters, the Panda Bears at the Smyser Stadium and walk away with a 1-1 draw. A wonderful goal from Jamie McGrath gave the Saints a 1-0 lead, but an equally impressive strike from Daddy Devlin in the last couple of minutes meant that it is now 5 unbeaten for the Lions, with an impressive 9 points picked up in our last 5 games, 4 of which have been on pesky grass, but hey! Our pitches are a disgrace. Am I right? So, there was a change of shape this week, uh, which saw Devlin start in, a, in the back, uh, kind of a back three due to suspension of Ayo Abelai. Um But it's you know it's good to see Livy carrying on the record and making players more versatile. Owen, what do you think? Yeah, versatility is always good. Um, I don't think Devlin Devlin was kind of wasted where he was playing though, like as a sort of centre back. McMillan probably would have been a better choice at centre-back. He's slightly taller. He's not quite as quick as Devlin. Um, but I thought, in saying that, McMillan had a great game as well. And he kind of he he was very he was actually quite versatile because he, he started off as that kind of right wing-back and then ended up moving into the centre of midfield as well when we, when we made some changes, when we went to sort of 4-2-3-1 um, kind of after they scored. So, yeah. I mean, it's always good to see players it's always weird to see players playing outside a position that you're not used to seeing them play like i remember going up to peterhead um right after declan gallagher came back and we played a back four of sean Crichton, declan gallagher craig halkett and alan lithgow all four of which are center backs alan lithgow played left back <laughs> it was Fucking mental. Um, so I'm, I'm actually, I would say I'm quite used to seeing versatility from uh, from Livingston squads. But no, it was good to see um, Devlin um, kind of uh, filling in where he kind of needed to be. And uh, But at the end of the day, the changes that were made, going back to a more familiar 
formation is what kind of got us back into the game. Um, it's nice to see, like you said, McMillan having a good game as well. I think he's definitely one of our favourites <laughs> on the show, uh, I would say. Uh, so it's nice he's kind of uh, picking up some time. So moving on a wee bit, Bailey looked again like he was the main source of Living's kind of attacking threats, and in particular in the first half. Now, people say don't fall in love for lone players, Liam. But are you worried about him being recalled? I've fallen into the trap and I love him. I love him with all my heart. <laughs> when he leaves, I will cry myself to sleep for a week straight. Um, I hope, I don't know, Like it's one of those that... There is obviously always a, a, a scare that someone from Birmingham might actually be watching him and going, you know, this boy's pacey, skilled, he's scored a couple of goals now. A couple of really good goals with his left foot. Mm-hmm. Um, there is always that worry that you're know, like, oh man, like I don't want him to do too well now. Like these next games in particular. I mean, you've got <laughs> fuck it, you've you've got like Rangers, Hearts, and Hibs all in like within a a ten day period. Those are the games that those folk in Birmingham will be looking at, going, fucking hell, Odin Bailey scored against Rangers. Like, he must actually be alright. Or, you know, oh my god, Odin Bailey scored two out of three games, and it's sort of like, oh, now that it's getting towards January. I'm hoping that they let him stay to to um, sort of fulfil his, the reason that he came to get game time and stuff like that. If he goes back down, it was like when Sarkic came. Oh, don't say his name. Don't say his don't name. Say his, again, though, like, oh, it's one of those, like, he done too well for Livy. Like that was his downfall. His downfall was that, or not his downfall, but our downfall was that he'd done so well for us that mm-hmm. Villa were like, "Fuck you, like we'll have him back." Like they didn't play him <laughs> once. I think they played him didn't once. Play him. I didn't play. I don't even think he made the bench for any other game, even in the FA Cup, which every English team seems to hate now. So mm-hmm. yeah, I am now that it's getting closer to January. Obviously, we've been saying for months, bring back Joel Noble. Eh, Joel Nobley, bring back him, bring back Nobley, bring back Nobley. Forgetting that, shit, we've got a star player that's on loan as well. And if, as I said, if Bailey does well on Sunday on the telly, live on Sky Sports against Rangers, then this could be the beginning of uh, us thinking, shit, this might be it for him <laughs> come January. Aye, no, I know, I know what you mean. Although I don't, I, I honestly don't know enough about Birmingham squad. To know mm. where they're lacking, I know Villa at that time were really struggling for keepers, or yeah. having like, oh, they were, one of them was playing shite or something like that. Um, oh, who was it? It was it was um, was it not Reina? Aye, Pepe Reina. Pepe Reina was in, and he was having, he was having a nightmare. So I guess that was why they uh, kind of that was that talk. Owen, I was just I just very quickly looked up uh, like sort of Birmingham where they are. They're fifteenth in the championship at the moment. They might. I wasn't worried about losing Bailey until I saw that. I was like, see, see if they're like, like you know, top six or top top ten. Even uh, I don't think they would think about recalling the boy. But now that I've seen that they're kind of yeah, quite doing near the relegation spots, I'm a wee bit worried now. Actually, I mean, like he looks good in a in a pretty average, very cheap Livingston team. Let's not. I don't think we get too far ahead of ourselves. He's no fucking Ronaldo. 
Like, yeah, he's, he's great, honestly, I, I can't see him leaving until the end of the season, but I've been very wrong before. <laughs> <laughs> You've had your heart broken before. I know, I know. Again, the <laughs> thing me. was, though, with Sarkic, it was kind of expected, you know, with how like well he was doing, and then you hear, oh, Villa's keepers got injured because obviously, you know, I mean, even. Even the fact that I mean we're Livingston fans. I mean we know we knew that Aston Villa were having keeper problems, and then as soon as like their keeper got injured, you're like, yeah, Sarkic is definitely going back, you know. So whereas we haven't heard anything mm. to the contrary about Bailey, that you know we haven't really kind of seen him uh, seen talk of it. I mean of yeah. him leaving. So uh, mm-hmm. uh. that's that's a positive sign for me. So um, Semengo was. An absolute strike. Anything you think we could have done, Liam, to kind of prevent it? First time I seen it, I was like, there's Maxi Boy back. There's Maxi Boy up to his old tricks. But on second viewing, man, there was... Yeah, the ball... It was basically as if it was like a dead ball situation. The guy 100% meant it. He 100% meant to put it exactly where he put it. Mm-hmm. I just think that McGrath is a really good player and yeah there wasn't really much I think there was nothing that Max could do because um, he wouldn't have been expecting a guy to shoot from that situation where there was about mm. three or four bodies right in front of him and to hit it so perfectly exactly where he wanted to put it looping over like oh my god like, I watched that about three or four times in a row I was just like that is just phenomenal um, the technique of it up. was just aye, and that's the thing. Like it, it wasn't, you know, the last Saint Mirren goal that, <laughs> oh, God. you know, that fucking when it was Max at his best of like, what are you doing, man? Like why, why have you let that run through you? Mm-hmm. Um, but this one, yeah, you can see the boy looking up. He spots Max off his line for a split second, places it perfectly right into the middle of the net, like looped over. Bounced right on the line. The technique was just phenomenal. So, nah, don't think there was much that he could do or much that Livy really could have done in the build-up for it because it just came out of nowhere, really. Nicky Devlin grabbed her equaliser uh, with an absolute phenomenal half-volley from outside the area late on to get a Livy-deserved share of the spoils. Um, always class to see a captain take a situation by the scuff of the net going. Um, would you also say goal of the season? Oh, goal of the season so far... Yeah, I mean it's definitely up there. I think I think Bailey's goal against Ross County is going to be quite difficult to beat. Cutting in and just like again, like Liam was saying about my grass shot, he hit it. He knew exactly where he was putting it, and he put it exactly where it where it where it needed to be. Um, but in terms of because it wasn't a fortuitous strike from Devlin at all. He had all the space. He had all the time. He even had enough time to take a touch if he wanted to. But I think he just had that sort of split second belief in himself that if he was to hit that, it was gone in. Yeah. And to be honest, Anik for me, whenever we play Saint Saint Mirren, I always think that it's gonna be whoever's playing Saint Mirren nil, Saint Mirren, you know, one or whatever. Because Anik is, in my opinion, one of the best goalkeepers in in the league. Like he seems to be unbeatable at times. I mean, even from the like right in the lead up to the goal, Alan Forrest, point blank range. There is not many keepers that could have saved that and pushed it as far out as he'd managed to push it mm-hmm. as well. 
That was but when it felt to Devlin, I mean, I think I think the building of my flats just about stopped shaking from my celebration when it went in. Like, like <laughs> <laughs> I think I woke up a few sleeping, you know, like a few napping children uh, in the in the very immediate vicinity when that goal went in. Because, like you say, it was completely deserved as well. Like, Martindale said after the game it was a game for the neutrals, like a good game for the neutrals. Was it fuck, Davey? It was a torrid game of football to watch. Like, not much really in the ways of chances and stuff like that. But in terms of the overall balance of the play and how many chances each team had, it was definitely a deserved one, one draw. Like it definitely the, the the game definitely deserved goals, and it deserved the two goals that we got. Mm-hmm. But in terms of goal of the season, it's up there. It is up there. Yeah, I'm gonna cut in and ask you a question, Jake. Is oh, this proof? You. Oh, you're more than welcome. Jake, <laughs> uh, this is proof that we're actually starting to turn things around a wee bit. Like the fact that we were one 0 down at home. To St Mirren not that long ago and it was dreadful no one really took the game by the scruff of the neck no one was really sort of trying to do anything apart from maybe Jason Holt at the time but mm. now you know that's us five games unbeaten we've come over adversities of the last minute penalty against Celtic we had that saved the or we saved their penalty uh, Dundee United were down to 10 men still managed to get a draw at home against mm. a pretty good United team do you think this is us turning it around now? Yeah, I, to an extent I think um, things are definitely clicking uh, t- for me personally I don't have that kind of I wouldn't say a fear but of when you think about our kind of our backline anymore uh, I mm. feel like Oblai and Fitzwater they needed time to get together and we are impatient pricks uh, because we're so used to Livingston being all right for the last wee while, <clears throat> I think we've all been a bit guilty of it. Going, no, no, back or fuck, blah blah. Yeah. Uh, so I think uh, we've all had a bit of uh, you know tasting our own words there, and we, um, which is good. So I don't, I don't feel bad about that. Also, even now, Sean Kelly, those few performances. I know we've spoken about that quite a lot, but again, <clears throat> another turning point. People who were who we kind of tired as being pretty shite. Mm. Playing better and, and improvements, and I always think about the again the depth of the squad that we've we've kind of got. There's people, there's so many different formations and ways we can play against different teams, and I'm never thinking, oh my god, we're going to get battered today. You know, for example, people like Omionga. I always forget we've got him. You know, he plays. You know, he does as a shift. You got people like Shinny who can come on play really well. We've got Bailey who's playing great. But like Craig Sibbald, you know, has been out for so long, so they always feel like. We've started. We've raised the bar, but as more people get more fit again, get back into it, we can only get better and better. And uh, yeah, big test next three games. I would. I cannot. We could not have picked a better time to play Rangers. I know we didn't pick it personally, but excited for that. And Hibs and Rangers. Uh, Hibs and Hearts coming up as well. They're the real test to really see if we've really, really turned the corner. Because especially against Hearts, because we were so poor against them before. Um, yeah. Nah, posit- positive vibes for me today. I think, yeah, things are things are starting to click. The belief looks back again. Yeah, brilliant. I mean, this is what we've been asked. This is what we asked for from the word go. We knew we're not going to be top six, whatever. But putting in the performances, doing the things that you can obviously tell they're working on, is coming on the pitch. Can't really ask for more from Livingston at the moment. So, yeah. 
good vibes for me. Yep. Yeah, I just kind of wanted to expand on that a wee bit. I think um, I think it helps now that we've played each team once already mm-hmm. now because when we played St Mirren for the first time this season we, we did go with that 4-2-3-1 and obviously we, we couldn't kind of get a result whereas on Saturday there we started with a kind of 5-3-1-1 if you want to call it that or a 5 kind of 5-4-1 um, and that was obviously like Davies being able to see right okay St Mirren play in this particular way so he's, he's kind of he's, he's got a plan B now I think, you know, and it worked very well against Celtic as well, playing five at the back. Sorry, playing 11 at the back uh, against Celtic. But, you know, <laughs> I mean, it's true. It's true. Um, but I, and I think now that, like, Davy's been able to see, because every team changes every single year. The only team so far that hasn't, that didn't change, I mean, obviously with Gerard being away, the only team that really didn't change was, was Rangers. You know, they, they were still playing 4-3-3. It was still the same setup. Get the ball to Tavernier and he'll cross it in or get the ball to Barisic, he'll cross it in and, and something will happen. Um, so, you know, that the Rangers are quite predictable in, in that. They're just too good. Whereas now that we've played every other team, um, like it'll be interesting when we play Dundee United at Tannadice, for example. I think Davey will know how to, not necessarily how to beat them, but again, how to get another result against them. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm kind of I'm kind of looking forward to the rest of the season based on the fact that we have two formations in the bank now, whereas it looked as though we were just going to try and keep playing this kind of attacking four-two-three-one formation. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, I've just checked there. So I was under the illusion that the next three games were Rangers, Hearts, and Hibs at home, but we're actually playing Aberdeen in between. I completely Rangers forgot that. Fucking so, our next oh. four games are Rangers, Aberdeen, Hearts, and Hibs. So you've got Rangers, champions last season, Aberdeen top four last season, Hearts started Flying. the season well, but yeah, they're sort of starting to become Hearts of old, and then Hibs who have just reached the League Cup final. That's tough. That, that is fucking. Tough. I mean, that's what. A possible twelve points up for grabs if we can get three oh my <laughs> from god. that. Oh my god, that is Absolutely. unbelievable! One last sort of final thing on what you were saying, Jake, just about in the terms of the depth of the squad. I'm just having a look here. So on Saturday, you had Forrest coming off the bench, uh, Payanashu or whatever his name is coming off the bench, Longridge as well. There, um, but. Unused subs on Saturday. James Penrise, usually a starter. Craig Sibbald, usually a starter. Jay's Cabia, our golden boy. He will never do any wrong in my eyes. You're still missing, you know, like, really key players and, like, out with that subs not used. You know, like, Jacobs, who came in, looked alright, still out. Uh, ben Williamson, still to come back in. Like, we've got that that strength and depth in the squad, and as you were saying about you know folk, uh, including myself, saying that we need another centre half. When really, Fitzwater, Parks, and Ayo have done nothing wrong over the past five games to suggest yeah. that you know yeah, that we Parks. need another centre half straight away. So, no, yeah. 
Excellent. Uh, and finally, also just while we have you here talking about Fitbot and Livingston, it was another win for the women's team this weekend with a 3-0 win away to Greenock Morton on Sunday. A goal from Jen Dodds and another captain taking the game by the scruff of the neck, Vicky Wood, with a brace to send the Lionesses second top ahead of the winter break. Just one point off top. It is so tight up there. Great work again, ladies. Bring on the return. Also, another bit of ladies news. They were drawn at home to Stonehaven in the Scottish Cup second round. Match details will be announced at a later date. If you want to find out more, just follow Livingston WFC at Livingston WFC on Twitter for more details. In the words of Alan Partridge Shit! Did you see that? He must have a foot like a traction engine Nicky Devlin's stutter against St Mirren has had us thinking about our favourite goals for Livingston from outside the box so we have picked a goal from outside the box each and we will let you, the listener decide what goal we have chosen is the best Owen, why don't you tell us your favourite goal from outside the box for the Lions? I'm reaching outside of the box and I'm picking up the goal that Barry Wilson scored against Rangers in the 2-1 victory back in the SPL days. I mean, like, there is no question that that is the greatest... Actually, no, it's the great second greatest goal from outside of the box in the history of the world ever, only beaten by Zlatan Ibrahimovic's overhead kick to score his fourth goal against England. Because, I mean, that's a fucking brilliant goal. But Barry Wilson, uh, Didis Antini passing that ball to Barry Wilson, you're thinking it's right before halftime, fuck all's about to happen, Rangers are 1-0 up blah, 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 let's go down and get a pie, etc. Santini plays it to Barry Wilson. He's facing away from goal. He just rolls it and pings it into the top bin past Stefan Kloss. I mean, it's just phenomenal. Like, it's always going to be overshadowed by Stuart Lovell's overhead kick in that game. I mean, again, if you're going to beat Rangers 2-1, you're going to have to score some pretty fucking spectacular goals. And Barry Wilson's, for me... I'd say Barry Wilson's goal is actually better than that overhead kick because <laughs> completely against the run of play at the time, it was just played across. I'm trying to make a case for people to vote for this, by the way. So I'm just, <laughs> I'm just <laughs> insane that I'm digging a fucking hole. But I just the just the technique of facing away from goal, touching it past Lorenzo Amoruso, and just absolutely smashing it into the into the back of the net. To go 1-1 at halftime, you know, you were like, 1-0 Rangers at halftime is actually quite a good result for us at this moment. And, you know, at this kind of particular point in the game. If it finishes 1-0 Rangers, we'll be quite happy. And then, boom, you're 1-0 going into halftime. And then, of course, Archie pops up with an amazing overhead kick. Like, But, yeah, for me, it's got to be Barry Wilson against Rangers for best outside-the-box goal. Jake, why don't you tell us your favourite, or one of your favourite? As I said, we're going to come back to this, don't you worry. 
pretty listeners we will come back to it there's going to be more polls more content but jake why don't you tell us the one that you've chosen for tonight okay okay well so before we normally tell each other what we're going to say in the group chat uh just so we don't kind of repeat things bit of behind the scenes gossip there for you folks <laughs> uh, so i knew owen was going for a biggie right so i couldn't go just your average nathan lounge smash a rooney against sebs okay even though i do love that man so i've got to go big had to go keegan jacobs in the playoff final uh, against Partick Thistle purely just because of the occasion with us all being there um, I don't even know if Liam even saw it because I think he was going for a pie, am I right? I did not <laughs> but he came back with his top off swinging it <laughs> so uh, yeah Keegan Jacobs go, what a moment for the club what a moment for him being such a kind of, I hate using this term, but a loyal servant uh, of Livingston. And uh, yeah, it was absolutely brilliant. And yeah, what a game, what a day. Maybe one of my favourite kind of away days with uh, with Livingston. I mean, obviously the final, but um, and, but I was very, very young then and I couldn't be heavy. Um, so yeah, great day, great goal. Uh, Keegan Jacobs, he's in my uh, shot from outside the box guy. <laughs> Have you got one, Liam? I've got one. I've got one. Mines Excellent. is no mines is gonna be nowhere near the top of the pile. But I'm gonna say it anyway because it's one of the goals that I remember as an adolescent, as a child not a child. I was probably about fourteen, fifteen. And it's the only thing he was ever good for. <laughs> Apart from his boots. <laughs> I'm talking about the Judas, the snake, Mr. Paul Dalglish. Scored so we were Bottom of the table, rock bottom of the table, Paul Lambert in charge, playing dreadful football, having fucking Dubai Tesevich. I had to Google, I had to Google a very random Livy player earlier. And he was the one that popped up. I think he played one game. We had Dubai Tesevich playing for us at this point. Ramon Piera that used to play for Hearts that had a mullet. We had oh, just an absolute travesty of a squad. Um, Gabor Vinci was still playing, but oh my god! Small, small glimmer of hope was when Paul Douglas signed and he scored a couple of goals. But this goal in particular, oh my word! He picked it up from just the edge of our eighteen-yard box. I would say a corner kick for Dunfermline. He ran towards the right, or he ran to his left, um, up the field over the halfway line. Then he cuts inside. Defender's coming to close him down. He uses the defender as a marker. And, oh my God, from about 40 yards, just curls this perfect shot into the top bin to give us our first win of the season. I was on the pitch celebrating. It was the first time I'd been <laughs> an away day without like a supervised adult. Uh, <laughs> like we got the supporters bus. We went fucking right, running all the way down. First league win of the season. What a feeling it was, man. One of the best goals I've ever seen live and in the flesh. And because of where we were at Dunfermline at the time, it was they didn't put us in the stand behind the goals, they put us in this wee shiter at the side. Um so you seen you were so low, you were pretty much pitch side. And you could just see this ball curling perfectly. And oh my god! I, ultimately, it meant nothing because I think we finished rock bottom. I think we won four games, so that was one win out of three. 
that Levy <laughs> or one win out of four uh, all that season. But what a feeling it was, and temporarily we were lifted off the bottom of the table. What a feeling. The only good thing that Paul Lambert ever did was sign him, and then he fucking let him go to Hibs. Absolute snake. And honestly, Paul Dalglish, I've told you on Twitter, I've told you on Instagram, I've DM'd you on <laughs> Facebook, I've emailed you, I've phoned you, I've texted you, sent you a message on Bebo, I still fucking hate you. <laughs> but vote for it. I would say vote for it. But as I said, yeah. yes, there will be a vote. There will be a poll out on our social medias when this episode comes out and we will revisit this we will talk about more belters from outside the box because baby that's fucking content oosh 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 in our final tribute to Captain Fantastic's goal against St Mirren we have a round of Got Your Number where we choose players from the past and argue the case as to why they should possibly replace the current player in that number. Liam will be judging and myself and Owen will be arguing the case for former stars to have Nicky Devlin's number two shirt off him who will be a really hard man to push out. So over to Liam who's going to take it away. Yes, so... It is players that have been assigned number two. So it's not players from the 1 to 11. You know the rules by now. So Owen, who is your number two and why should he replace Nicky Devlin in this current team? My number two is Livingston's number two from our League One winning season, Mikey Miller. Um, Now, he was a fucking baller. Like I think he was one of the best players that we had that's worn a number two just in general I mean there's ones that I've, I mean of course Philippe Branquan and things like that are always going to be thought of when you think of the number two but in terms of Mikey Miller he was just that sort of perfect he was a central midfielder but he ended up playing right back um, quite a lot for us he won a league medal a league winners medal with Martin and then played in the championship with Martin before joining us. Now, here's the interesting thing about Mikey Miller, is the fact that when he was with us, he was only with us for one season, and unfortunately it was cut short by like a really, really bad leg injury. Pretty sure he broke his leg in like four different places or something like that. Um, so this is my argument for Mikey Miller taking over from uh, Nicky Devlin, right? And that's the fact that Mikey Miller played 14 games for Livingston and scored three goals, including an absolute perler of a free kick against East Fife on the 5th of November 2016. Nicky Devlin has played 49 times and scored three goals. I want to be seeing statistics like 14 games, three goals from your right back, not 49 games and three goals. The fact is as well is that Mikey Miller, talking about versatility earlier on in the podcast, Mikey Miller could play central midfield as well. I'm pretty sure that's where he got injured in the game as well. I'm pretty sure he was playing centre mid at that time. But yeah, and even on Football Manager, he was an absolute baller. It was one of those, you always offered him a new contract. He was a young boy as well. I mean, he still is, but... He was, a, he was a brilliant player that was brought in and I think we had to... Who did we sign? Oh no, we didn't sign anybody to play right back because we just played all of our centre-backs at right back. 
Mikey Miller is my choice to take over from Nicky Devlin, just purely because he played right back and he scored more goals than Nicky Devlin. And that's what you want to be seeing, especially if he's your captain. Fair enough. Uh, I will take that into consideration. I, I, I will take it into consideration. Whether or not I agree, you'll need to wait and find out. JK Boy, who is your number two and why should <clears throat> they replace Mr. Nicky Devlin? Or why should Nicky Devlin give up his number two shirt for your chosen player? Listen, just before I get started, I love you, Nicky Devlin, but this guy, he blows you out of the water, son. I'm so sorry. My player was when I fav- my first ever. I've never. Normally, when you your favorite player is your number ten, your number seven. And this one, my favorite player was my number two was David McNamee uh, when I was a lot younger. Now, David McNamee, <clears throat> just a bit of Wikipedia facts. Why not for for the crowd? Is that uh, he played eighty five times for the club, scored four goals. He also had four Scot- Scotland caps. Now, something Nicky Devlin has always strived to do, should Nicky play for Scotland, should he had a go? Don't know, because we had a shite right back of O'Donnell then. But now, can't really see it happening, so man to me, get it pipped over there. But just the way you should, you know, driving up that right-hand side, I would argue that man to me's delivery was slightly better than uh, Devlin's as well. I hate playing that card, because I do love Nicky Devlin, but... You know, we're playing. We're playing for <laughs> changing opinions here. Uh, yeah, great. I absolutely love David Matt, David Matt and me. Also, uh, Owen pulled out a mega fact earlier um, that he now works as something to do with bombs. <laughs> he loves bombs now. I mean, I fucking bomb guy. Uh, so yeah, lots of things, great things about Nicky Devlin. But I thought uh, David Matt and me was just an absolute club legend. And I'm sure, what was the thing again? He went around the stadium on a bike. <laughs> what was it again? Ah, uh, yeah, he went around on a on a push bike. On a push bike. With a cup in one hand and a beer in the other or something. Right. And no yeah, one boy. even knows where the bike came from. No, like, it know. just They're appeared pretty... and he happened to be cycling it around the if, park. If, if ever some of my arguments pretty much are void apart from that last one, just because that was a legendary move. Yeah, so my guy, David McNamee, number two. Well, this is going to be quite a hard one to decide because I did have my reasoning for picking a particular player in my head but now my head has been turned a wee bit just before we move on some honorary mentions for number twos over the years so Philippe Branquan he was a massive part of our episode last week unbelievable player yeah oh the je ne sais quoi from that young man or old man and an international with Brittany. Uh, other number twos have been... <laughs> good luck remembering these ones. Mike Mampuya, who... <laughs> I actually seen at Livingston not that long ago. I think he was someone's agent or something. Is uh, Dolly Menga's agent. There you go. Uh, Craig Sivs. Nope. Uh, Ross Millen. Osman KK, all the stars, all the stars have played number two. And of course, our very own Jack McMillan wore number two for one season in the SPL. However, so it is now time for my decision. In my head all day, I was thinking there is literally no one that will replace Nicky Devlin. No one. Nah, I'm sorry, no one. That's me. Nicky Devlin, I think, is probably the strongest right back we've ever had however 
then I started to remember David McNamee a bit more. And if we're going on goals scored, David McNamee only scored four goals in his whole career, but every one of those four goals was for Livingston. He came back from horrendous injuries. Uh, that one, that season that I was talking about with um, Paul Dalglish's goal that we got relegated under uh, Paul Lambert. He played four, 15 games that season. 15 out of however many showed that he had horrendous injuries. The year that we won the League Cup, David McNamee was unbelievable. Playing mm-hmm. four times for Scotland. Back then, if you think about the right backs we had, possibly Robbie Nielsen, Graham Alexander, won the Kinnan Cup, won a trophy with Livy. Nicky Devlin had the opportunity to win that trophy last season, but his manager decided to play Marvin Bartley at left back. <laughs> Mikey Miller also won a trophy with Livingston. Mikey Miller's not getting it. <laughs> I did, do you know what? I actually I loved Mikey Miller, and I, I was gutted when we let him go, and I was gutted when he got injured, because he was a great... I loved him. I thought he was a step above anything we had at that level, and it was a shame that he couldn't get that opportunity to do with Sean Byrne and Scott Pittman and Halkett, Lithgow, Gallagher, Kelly had done. Uh, so I am going to keep Nicky Devlin in the team. I'm going to keep him in the team, but I'm going to give him number 29 or number <laughs> whatever. And we will re-sign David McNamee and give him number two because there is only one number two and I will remember for years to come singing my heart out at the Amundville Stadium Scotland's number two Scotland, Scotland's number two whenever David McNamee touched the ball so Davey come back we'll give you number two but mate you're on the bench for now because Nicky Devlin Captain Fantastic love him to pieces but aye, aye we'll give we'll give Nicky number 29 aye keep your bombs at home David okay aye keep your fucking bombs at home keep that Navy uniform though well, that is it for another week. Have you noticed that every outro I start, it says, well. Anyway, that's us for another week. Thank you so much for listening, and we will be back with you next week. But before you go, if this is your first time listening, why don't you listen to our previous episodes? We've got interviews with the likes of David Fernandez, John Guthrie, Sean Byrne, Alan Preston, Colin Young, the stadium announcer. We've got hordes of interviews for you to listen to. Also, make sure that you subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts from. Your Spotify's, your Anchors, your Apples, wherever you get them from to be notified of new information. And make sure and follow us on the social medias as well. At Pod. All one word, at Pod is our Twitter and Instagram. And just search for the Amonview podcast on YouTube and Facebook. Thanks so much for listening. Borza Livy, hope to see you next week.